0: All right. Um, well, we are in a message series in the book of Mark, and we're going to be in Mark chapter 4 again this morning. We we did a different passage last week, um, but we're going to just cover two verses today. And you're thinking, we're never going to get through the book of Mark, Pastor Paul, if you don't cover a few more. But uh, there are two verses in here that there's just an incredible parable that Jesus gives. It's really short, but it's a powerful message. And so it's In Mark 4, we're going to read verses 21 and 22, but before we do that this morning, uh, if you grew up in church, or maybe you even just went to church at some point in your life, you probably sang the song, This Little Light of Mine. Anybody anybody know that song? This little light of mine, right? Yeah, yeah, you kind of know it a little bit, right? And then you get to the verse, hide it under a... Okay, how many of you thought growing up, I did as a kid, that it was hiding under a bush? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, because if you hide a candle under a bush, it's going to start on fire. Oh, no, right? That's <laughs> like, a bad idea. That's what I thought when I was a kid. No, it's a bushel. I didn't know what a bushel was when I was a kid. Maybe, maybe, uh, Maybe some of you know what that is. It's a big basket, right? So... It it makes a lot more sense when you understand the context of the song. You know, uh, this is the passage we're going to talk about this morning. And like I said, it's a very short parable. But the application of these principles that we're learning this morning is pretty complicated, to be completely honest. So I'm going to do my best to walk through this in a really practical way. We're going to talk about what it means to let our light shine, what it means to um, not cover up. The, the hope that's inside of us. And here's my hope for you as you're listening and maybe jotting down a few notes this morning. That's a hint. You might want to try that. Um, pick one thing to hang on to this morning. One idea, one something that stands out, something that the Holy Spirit points out to you this morning, and hang on to that truth and use that in your life. Um, so we're going to start at verse 21. If you have a Bible and you want to read along with me, that's great. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, there are some in the seat pockets in front of you. We'll also have them On the screen. Uh, And he he said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket, under a bed, and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. So I want to answer three questions this morning. Uh, The first one is, What is the light? The second one is, How do we shine? And the third one is, how is the light covered? Because if that's something that we're not supposed to do, then we should probably know what we are not supposed to do in order to not do that. Okay? Does that make sense? Everybody with me this morning? Yes. Not if you're with me, right? That'll, that'll help me know. Um, I, we're going to take these one by one. And the first one is, what is the light? And I think the light represents a few different things. But, but here's some things that I thought about that Jesus talked about. And the first one is the light of salvation inside of you. Right, it's the hope of Jesus Christ inside of you. Um, some Christians walk around knowing that they're saved, that they're set free, that they have the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, just like Scripture talks about. But somebody forgot to tell their face. You know, you know the, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, it's this idea of like, yes, I'm saved, I'm set free. I have the hope of Christ. He's died for my sins. But I look cranky all the time. Do you notice the contradiction there? Right? If we're supposed to let our light shine before men, then we need to tell our face. And for some of us, that's harder than others. Some of us, it's just a natural part of our disposition to be bubbly and happy and smiley. And, and there's even people that don't know Christ that are like that. Right? Right? But when Christians walk around and they're always complaining, they're always sad, they're always frustrated about something, the first word you ask them, they respond like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. Okay? Well, how are you doing today? Uh, you know, it's, it's all right. I, my car is broken and, and it's kind of cold outside. Right? That's not a representation of who we are. Like, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ... The worst possible case scenario is everything's going wrong in your life right now, but you have all of eternity to be with Jesus Christ. So that should maybe bring some joy into your life, right? And if we are constantly focusing on everything that's wrong, we find ourselves in a position of being negative and being angry and being cranky all the time. And and if you're supposed to be the light of Christ to the world, who wants that, Okay, think about that for a second, right? Do the people in your life who need Jesus Christ want your life? They should. They should want what you have because we have the greatest gift that's ever been given. Here's the second thing the light represents. Values that contradict the values of this world. So what is the light? Well, it... it it's values that contradict what the world believes. Uh, now, this is different than expecting the world to have the same values as you do. Some of us make that mistake sometimes, right? Like we, we believe something to be true. We hold to that truth. We understand that truth because it's grounded in the, in the word of God. And now we expect people who don't have that understanding to believe the same thing that we do. It's not going to happen, Right? We have different values than the world. And so what we need to learn how to do as believers is humbly share God's perspective. Right? We need to stand out. We need to not just adopt all the values of the world. Right? Just because they disagree with us doesn't mean that they're right. But at the same time, um, we need to do so in a humble and compassionate way. Now, when, you're, when you share your values, do people understand that you're sharing from a Christian perspective. Let me explain what I mean by that with an example. Um, Sometimes faith and politics overlap, right? Like we have things in our life that we believe as Christians that are also hot-button political issues. And so when we have conversations with people, our faith dictates our politics, or at least it should, okay? Right, we should believe and hold to truths of Scripture, and that should affect how we we think about political issues as well. That's why the Bible tells us to pray for our leaders. Um, And when you get to talk to someone about a particular issue, uh, this is the question that I want you to ask yourself. Do they come to the conclusion that, wow, that person is really passionate about Jesus, or wow, that person is really passionate about politics? Okay? And if your focus is the Word of God then they should come away thinking, wow, even his politics are in line with scripture, right? Everything that drives his life and motivates his faith is scripture, is his relationship with Jesus Christ. You can argue the same point and be on the same page, but if you frame it a certain way, it reveals your heart. It reveals where that motivation is coming from. So our values should contradict the world's values. We shouldn't think the same way about the, the the things that they think, and that should separate us. That should identify us. That should make us light in this world. Here's the third thing. Our behavior is different from the world. Now there are a million different examples that that um, you could use in this. Uh, I mean, we should be more honest than the world around us. If somebody uh, somebody charges you too little for something and you notice and it's a mistake, you. You know, what a Christian should do is they should say, hey, I think you made a mistake. You didn't charge me enough. How powerful of a testimony is that? Maybe you're thinking, no, that's a blessing from the Lord. I'm taking that, right? (laughs) No, we ought to be honest. We ought to be different than the world around us. Um, Here's another one. We should treat people with kindness and respect. Uh, this is a lesson our world needs to learn. And, and how powerful of an example could it be if we start treating people with kindness and compassion and respect? How powerful of a testimony could that be to the world around us? Um, another one is watching the words that come out of our mouth. Right? We should have a different vocabulary than the world does. Like the words that come out of your mouth, like if every other word is a cuss word, that's probably an issue that's probably something that you need to address. Um, I've told this story before, but it's it just, it's so perfect. Uh, I, I have played basketball with some guys at uh, Delano High School, and um, one time Ben Birch came and played with me, and, and we were having a good time, and, and he's like, oh, how long have you known Pastor Paul? And I had not told them that I was a pastor at that point. None of them knew, <laughs> and and they it was like it was like you could hear a pin drop in the room, and they all turn around and look at me. And one of the guys goes, "Oh, that explains why you never cuss." <laughs> so now every time they cuss, they're like, "Sorry, sorry, preacher." <laughs> Listen. If you think that's the thing that I care about the most in this world, you are completely missing the point. However, right, like I mean, we should stand out a little bit. We should do things that are a little bit different than our culture. And if your language is the same as the world, then you're not necessarily representing Jesus Christ. Um, another area is drunkenness, right? Drunkenness is something that's celebrated by our culture, but it's prohibited by scripture. So we should be honoring the Lord in that way, and how we conduct ourselves when we're around others. There are a million different examples of how our behavior should be different than the world around us. And maybe the Holy Spirit's speaking one of those to you this morning, that something needs to change inside you so that people can see Christ. So the second question is, how do we shine? How do we shine? Uh, Well, here's a a few different examples. one of the ways is to pursue eternal rewards before material gain. The world around us is all about getting ahead financially, and it's not wrong to be smart with your money. It's not wrong um, to invest and to manage your money well. But listen, this world is temporary, right? It's not going to last. And so what are you doing for the kingdom? If you're building up wealth that will last you for your lifetime and make, allow you to do things that you want to do, and that's all that you care about and all all that you focus on, then you're living your life for a false god. Right? Money is uh, possessions, material things. They're temporary. And we ought to be investing in things that will last for all eternity. If you believe that this is all that there is to life, then fine, go for it. Focus your entire life on building wealth. But if your eternity is in heaven then we ought to be investing in eternal things. Are you trying to impress people? Are you looking to use what God has given for you to build something of eternal value? There's another area, integrity. Uh, I'm going to tell a story. This is a little embarrassing, but this fall, you're like, those are the best ones, right? (laughs) This fall, I got got pulled over by the sheriff here in town, (laughs) right on Highway 12. And... uh, he, he walked up to the window. I rolled the window down. He said, do you know why I pulled you over? I said, honestly, I, I don't. Like, do I have a taillight out or something? And he said, well, you were driving while looking at your phone. And I was a little confused because it's not that I've never done that before. But in this instant, when I got pulled over, I took my phone out of my pocket to pull up my insurance. And so it was sitting on the seat next to me, and I had I had pulled up my insurance app. And um, it's been a while since I pulled over, so I had to re- get since I've gotten pulled over, so I had to re-download. It was downloading my insurance app. And I'm like, I, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you. I wasn't on my phone. It was in my pocket. I just took it out of my pocket just now. And uh, after a little bit of back and forth and conversation, he's like, well, can you show me your, your text and call history? And I said, sure. And I, in fact, I showed him a text message from 15 minutes ago that hadn't been read yet, And uh, so he ended up, he apologized for the misunderstanding. I think he was probably thinking that somehow I tricked him, Uh, but I didn't, (laughs) right? (laughs) And the next Sunday at church, Erwin comes up to me. He's like, hey, so did you get a ticket the other day? (laughs) Nothing will teach you to drive with integrity like having a bright orange car. Everybody knows when you get pulled over, right? Oh, man. Uh, now, we can talk about our faith and our values, but it needs to be reinforced with the way that we live. And integrity is, is not just compartmentalizing our church life into one little area, but living our life out in every area as if our faith makes a difference in our life. Now, a couple months later, I got pulled over again. (laughs) This time, I deserved it. (laughs) uh, I was actually on my way to small group. I was on my way to small group. I was driving through Watertown, and I got pulled over for doing 37 in a 30. Uh, He let me off with a warning but I got to explain to my entire small group why I was late. <laughs> right? like, this, is, this is part of integrity, too, is, is also the idea of transparency. Like It's not that you have to live a perfect life. right? Having integrity doesn't mean that you live perfectly. It means that you're honest about who you are. Right? It means that you live your life with a level of transparency so that when you have struggles, when you go through things, you tell people, you're honest with people about your faults and your failures. And if we did that as a church, um, there would be a lot less accusations of hypocrisy. I won't say that there won't be any um, because people are going to be angry because people are still going to, to make accusations. But we ought to be honest about who we really are, that we're faulted, that we're flawed, that, that, we're, that we fail at times. Um, here's the third one. Honor God with what he's entrusted you with. Maybe it's your gifts or talents. Maybe it's something that that God has put inside you. You have a gifting in a particular area. What are you doing to honor the Lord with those gifts? If it's a a, a talent or an ability, maybe you're a musician. Maybe you're an athlete. Maybe you um, have a gift of communication. um, Maybe you're uh, a compassionate person. Whatever God has put inside you, how are you using those things for the kingdom of God? How are you glorifying him with your talents? You know, one of the most important things that we can do as believers is to use our time to make a difference. Now, we may have varying levels of abilities and talents in this room. We have varying levels of incomes and and, and financial gain in this room. But everybody has the same amount of time in a day, right? You have 24 hours in the day. And the most precious thing that you own here on this earth is your time. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? How are you going to give God that time? How are you going to honor him with the time that he's given you? We read the same account in Matthew chapter 5. In fact, this this particular parable is in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But in Matthew 5, this added teaching from Jesus is in there at the end of the parable. It says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Right? That's what it means to shine our light, to live our lives in a way that, that our good works, the things that we do, don't point to how wonderful we are, but they point to how good God is. Now that is not an easy thing to swallow sometimes because we want the credit. Like I'll do something good, but but I want everybody to know that I'm doing it because I'm such a wonderful and generous person. Scripture tells us if that's your heart, if that's your motivation, you have your reward in full. But if your heart is to honor the Lord and to give him credit, if you're living your life in such a way that your good works honor and glorify him, then God's blessing will follow that. I'd rather have his reward than an earthly reward. I'd rather have his approval and his pleasure than anything that the world can offer me. And here's the last one. How is the light covered? And these kind of tie into what we've already talked about today. But one of the ways is by isolating your faith to when you're around Christian people. Or maybe another way of saying that is compartmentalizing your faith. Right? I have my Sunday life when I show up to church and I'm around all my church people. And then I have the rest of my life. And if I live completely differently on Sunday morning than I do the rest of my life, then nobody's going to know that I'm a Christian and I won't have to have any awkward conversations whatsoever. Now, maybe that's an extreme example. Like, I don't think any of us probably think in those terms, but the way that we practically live out our lives, that happens. Right? We compartmentalize our lives so that we, we know how to say the right things when we're around Christian people. We know all the church words, all the church lingo, and we can sound extremely spiritual when we want to. But when we live our lives outside of that world, our faith doesn't impact the people around us. In fact, if you uh, were to ask the question of the people that you know outside of the church sphere, do they even know that you're a Christian? Do they know that you're a believer? Do they know that your faith is important to you? Is it one of the first things that you talk about? Not because you're trying to hide it from the people that you play basketball with, but (laughs) it does it come up in that conversation. Do people know that you're a Christian, that you're a believer? Right? Uh, Second thing is by trying to pretend like you're perfect. Uh, Your sins and failures are not the reason that your light is under a bowl. It's your attempts to pretend like you have it all together. Right? One of the most powerful testimonies that you can present to the world around you is how badly you need Jesus. People respond to that kind of testimony. Listen, I just got to tell you, I know you're going through a hard time right now. I've been through hard times too. And I can't imagine doing that without Jesus Christ in my life. He's the reason why I'm able to get through this. It's, and... He can do the same thing for you. That's a powerful testimony. There's power in that truth. So don't pretend like you're perfect. The third thing is by convincing yourself that you're unworthy or unable to represent Christ well. Now, this is the one that I probably hear the most common. Um, I, I can't invite someone to church. I can't share my faith with someone. I can't do this because... What if they ask me the wrong question and I don't have the answer? Or um, what if they ask me this question about mistakes that I've made in the past and, and how am I supposed to, to reconcile that? Like somebody else is gonna have to do it. And, and unfortunately, Satan has has so clearly um, used this lie to keep his church, to keep the church of Jesus Christ stuck. Because we don't believe that any of us are worthy to be ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. When in reality, you aren't worthy. It's only because of his work that you have anything anyway. Like, take that weight off your shoulders. Nobody expects you to be perfect. That's the whole point of why we need Jesus in the first place. It's, there's so much freedom in realizing that your unworthiness is not a disqualifier. <laughs> your unworthiness is the reason why you have Christ in the first place. And he wants to use you. And he wants you to be part of his team and of his kingdom. I, uh, I brought something with me this morning. Actually, I, I forgot it in my car. And I had to run outside to get it. And I thought, oh, I don't need my jacket. The car's just, you know, always away. <laughs> that was a mistake. No, <laughs> this is my flashlight that I keep in my car. It's 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 kind of bright, right? Like it's it's got a little bit of power. It's one of those things. It just it just sits in my car. Um, I rarely ever use it. But if there were ever an emergency, it's there, and it's you know. It's got one bulb, it's not like a powerful, powerful light. I mean, I could probably shine it kind of in your eyes right now, and that might be a little bit annoying, but it's not like going to blind any of you. It, it really doesn't even make a difference in this room. Like, like, if I were to turn this off, like, you wouldn't really notice. But look what happens as the room gets darker, Right? One light makes a lot of difference. Now, it really can't compete with the sun that's bleeding through all the windows, and I understand that. But, like, I mean, look at how much different that is. And as your eyes adjust to the darkness in this room, when I shine it in your face, it's far more offensive, right? It's far more noticeable. So Jesus' call to us is to let our lights shine before men and to put that light on a lampstand so that everyone can see it, that it's on display for all. But the point I want you to understand is the darker the room, the brighter the light. So now when when I go to cover this with a bushel, we're going to call this a bushel, right? At this point, it does no good i mean you may get some bleeding through but even if if this room were completely dark right now like it is on christmas eve i mean just picture it for that moment like when we first start lighting those candles and you see the difference that one little candle makes like even lifting that bowl a crack there's some light that's going to bleed out listen here's the point i'm trying to make as our world gets darker and darker It's going to be harder and harder to hide the truth that's inside of you, right? If Christ is alive in your heart, if he's real inside you, you're going to stand out even more. And listen, it's not going to get any better. The separation between what the world thinks and what the word of God teaches is only getting greater. And there's never been a greater need for Christians to be the light of the world. You know, Jesus gave us this picture of why he came into this world in the book of John. John says that this about Jesus in John 1, 9, it says the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. The darker the room, the harder it is to hide your light. Listen, the goal isn't to assault others with the light. It's not to take your flashlight and shine it in their face. Um, Nobody wants that. But listen, don't be surprised when living like Christ that some people will have a negative reaction to you. The other day when we were on the plane, um, all the windows were shut and it was daytime. It was a daytime flight, so it was bright outside. And uh, Laura wanted to read, and so she cracked her window a little bit, and it was just like, oh, the sun! <laughs> like just a little tiny bit of light. I mean, it was just, it was blinding at first, and then you kind of got used to it. You know what? I would love it if we were a little bit obnoxious at first as Christians. That the world around us would be like, oh man, what is wrong with that person? But then they kind of just get used to us, right? They just they get used to us. They adapt to the love of Christ that lives inside of us. We are the light of the world. God never intended for us to hide what's inside of us. We have the worship team come as, as we close this morning. And I want to just challenge you where you're at today. Is your light shining, first of all? Because that's the most important thing. What's going on inside your heart? Does the joy of the Lord um, mean something to you? Does it come out of you? Does it make a difference in your world? And then the second part of that is Is my life being lived out in such a way that other people see the light of Christ in my life? Or have I hidden it from them? A light is only good if it's not covered by a bowl. So let the Holy Spirit speak to you. We're going to close singing a song, but... I just want to take a second and pray. Maybe you're feeling um, a challenge in this moment. Say there's something more that I need to do to let my light shine for men so that they can see my good works. We thank you for the joy and the peace and the hope that we have because of you and because of your yourself. Lord, help us to live our lives in a way that men would see you in us. That a world that is constantly bombarded by darkness and by lies